All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Just after three o'clock, welcome back to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 Orders Nation YouTube and Facebook. Presented by our title sponsor, PlayAlberta.ca, where uh, you can get in the game, but also tonight. Just, uh, you know what? If you're somebody who likes the, uh, likes to play the lottery. Like the tickets? It's easy. Uh, 10 million bucks up for grabs tonight in Lotto Max. Get your tickets at PlayAlberta.ca and also tomorrow, 54 million in Lotto 649. Well, Lotto 649's been around a long time. I've never won it. I don't think I've ever gotten like four numbers, to be honest. I think I won like 10 bucks once. A few, uh, few free tickets. Never, uh, never had four. I don't think I've never had five for sure. So, but, uh, I still dabble in it though. It's kind of fun to kind of look at it as a budget thing. Hey, play a, play a few of the, uh, the laundries. It's nice. Dare to dream one day. They say, they say the odds are eventually if you play the same numbers, eventually your numbers come up. The problem is it might not be in my lifetime. That's the only, uh, the problem with that strategy. So we'll see. But, you know, some people drink coffee every day. It's like four or five bucks. Play a lotto uh, once a week. Five bucks. So I think I'm ahead. We'll see. Uh, Sean Brown uh, joins us. Of course, uh, longtime uh, NHLer. First round uh, selection of the uh, Boston Bruins. Uh, he, uh, Walking Gage and uh, George Larac were uh, celebrated recently. Black uh, History Month with the uh, Edmonton Orders. Um, no booze for Brownie this time. It's a big step up for you. It's nice, eh? No booze? Booze, <laughs> like boo. Oh. <laughs> I got a lot. Who is yeah, that? Yeah, <laughs> not, not, not. <laughs> well, they were talking about Gager, not you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so no, uh, uh, that's good. It's always, um, I saw it was like the three amigos. Like, honestly, it was like Huey, Dewey, and Louie just wheeling around the rink the whole night. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, anytime you get around uh, some old teammates and, you know, you tell the same story over <laughs> and over again, but it just gets funnier and funnier, changes a little bit over time. Oh, but. God, yeah. If, if, you're, if, you're not ex- if you're not adding a little color to the story, you, I don't think you're doing it justice. Absolutely not. Yeah. It's kind of funny. I'm getting a little distracted here. I got my dad. My parents are in town here. So my dad is peeking in through the window. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just looking. Do <laughs> <laughs> you feel the pressure? Oh, dad's watching. Better be yeah. on my A game. Well, I know he's comparing me to the, what is it? What is it in Toronto? Fan 590? Or do they? Yeah, they have a Fan yeah. 590. And they also have a TSN station there, yeah, too. So so he's, 1050. Yeah. So he's right into this stuff. So oh, yeah, yeah. That. Well, your dad's a big Leaf fan, isn't he? Huge Leaf fan. Huge oh, sports fan. So oh, he's having, a, I think, a proud moment we over We might there. have to bring Mr. Brown in studio here get his thoughts for a segment. Hey, yeah. you know, we get to hear some real stories about uh, young Sean Brown. Yeah, get his insight. He, got, he played house league. I always remind him of that. <laughs> I'm like, Dad, you played for hey. Jack's Jets yeah. in Toronto. But, was, but wasn't he a good coach? Uh, you know what? He wasn't a good coach. Oh. But he was good. He was good for me. Okay. Because he just, he never, it was nothing tactically. It was, for me, it was all effort. And him, okay, yeah. Right? It was okay. just like, hey, you know, if you're not playing well, um, you know, whether, especially when I was younger, if you're not putting up points or you're not, you got to find a way to contribute to your team somehow. Right. Right. And so not every day are you going to feel good, you know, maybe putting up points or making plays, but then that's really what got me into playing physical and adding that dimension to my game was because when things weren't going well, that was an easy thing for me to do. And so, yeah, my dad was never, Hey, you got to score goals. You got to do this, nothing tactically, but it was just, Hey, I'm paying money for this. I'm driving you around. You're going to work. Oh, you know what? That, it's, hey, it's a very simple message. Yeah. But but it works. And, and I think that that's a really good message for a lot of parents out there. Overcoaching. Like, if you don't know the tactical parts of the game, don't pretend to your kid because you're just yeah. going to confuse them now. Right? Because I always try to say, you know, to the parents, because, you know, especially at a young age, you know, you really like on our team, we have three mottos, you know, the three P's, pressure, passing, position. Those are the three things I really want. Right. And you have some parents. So then as a coach, you kind of learn because finally you ask the kid, right? How do you, well, we're getting, I get a benefit if I score goals. So now I got to go talk to the parents and say, hey, <laughs> that, that doesn't really help with what we're trying to do here. <laughs> Right, it's like we're yeah. we're really incorporating passing, and old little Johnny over there is trying to go end to end because he's going to get five bucks. Oh yeah, right. So I'm like, yeah. hey, I prefer you don't do that, but then yeah. tell him, hey, five bucks for an assist. Yeah, whatever, I don't care. Cause, yeah, because if we can pass, then the puck move, then the game's quicker, yeah, right. I I really feel like that generation of parenting is now gone. Right, where my dad and the friends that I grew up with, it was like, hey, we drop you off. The coach knows you listen to your coach. Yeah, I think there's, you know what? I'll be honest. I've had I haven't had much. Um, that was a small little thing that got yeah. fixed, and the parent was like, "Oh man, I'm really sorry," and it yeah. was fixed really quickly. Yeah. Um, other than that, I've I've never experienced. I, I've I've heard people talk about the horror stories. Um, so maybe knock on wood. Like I haven't. How really, old's your kid? Uh, he's ten. <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah. Um, I haven't experienced any of that. Right now, I've talked to lots of people who have coach, and they give you advice on there's what I think you should do to set up. If you're prepared, it it has less opportunity for the parents to want to critique what you're doing, right? Like, and if they critique me wow. behind my back, guess what? I don't care. It's none of my business. Like, if if you now if you want to tell little Johnny or little Susie that hey, you know what, you should do this, and I don't know about it, whatever. Yeah. But um, I haven't had that yet. I guess maybe when you get older, and there's although 
nowadays, once you once you get to you know a certain age, you know most associations kind of frown on parents coaching. So I only I only have a few years left anyway. Yeah, right? for sure. Although I don't know yeah. at what level. Like I have no idea. Like you know, my kid's not playing double A or anything like that. Usually, when you get into double A or triple yeah. A, for sure, that at Bantam is that's when they kind yeah. of start to do the non-parent coach. Yeah. But hey, I I believe I mean our parents and my parents and your parents, everyone's parents play the biggest role in your kid's development. I I think home coaching and car co- whatever I think that's important. That you're building a relationship with your kid and it's it's a good connection. Yeah. I always just my biggest thing when I was coaching was let's talk about it and let's make sure we're all on the same page cuz really, I mean for your kid's age and for the most part minor hockey and what you're asking one kid to do is what you're asking all kids to do, right? So if I can get buy-in from yourself, I'm going to get buy-in from the kid, and then yeah. that's going to speedy up his development as well. Yeah, no, it's true. I think I think it's important, um, uh, you know, coach. If you have good communication, ever if, if one of their kids isn't catching on to something, let them know. Yeah. Right. And so I would. We had a few kids whose shots just weren't very good, and I said, "Hey, get your encourage your kid." And I said, "It's fun for you. You can play shots from twenty a day. It's not like you have to do a, a two hours. Don't go crazy. Just even start with twenty a day. Because yeah. what'll happen is they'll shoot twenty, and all of a sudden they'll be like, well, I can shoot more than this. This is nothing.' Yeah. And yeah. the next thing they're up to fifty, but they've lost yeah. count because yeah. they've done their twenty. Yeah. I love. I do development for Strathcona Minor Hockey, and I love asking kids at the end of practices." you know, who's shooting pucks at home, right? Because yeah. whatever you're doing here isn't enough. This is good, but there's obviously more needs to be done. And when mm-hmm. you go to each kid and you start off, little Billy, how many pucks are you shooting at home? And he's like, 20. And then you ask Michael, how many pucks are you shooting? He's like, 60. <laughs> you know, you're up to 200, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. You know, you know they're lying, but <laughs> the point is, is that it hits home with some of them, right? Yeah. To being like, hey, you know, whatever you're doing, you could be doing more. And this is a small sample size. You got 15 kids or maybe even less. There's kids all over the world that are doing this and more, right? So, um, you know what? Those are things that, you know, I've been doing it long enough. The high-end athletes and the athletes that really want it, they're motivated by doing that. Yeah. Like, I remember being, when I was younger, I shot pucks at home all yeah, the time. And, and you, but you like, and I think the key for parents, you can't force the kid. If no. the kid loves it, no. help nurture it, yeah. but it, it can't be your dream and it can't be your oh, goal. Oh, yeah. He's got to, eventually, yeah. it, the yeah. kids have to drive their own bus. 100%. But I think how you could do it, like for me and my son, I did a ton of it with him, right? And it was all competitive. Of course, he wanted to beat me. So we did a lot of stuff through competition. And one of the best inventions, I think, for me and my son was the Green Biscuit, right? Because I used to play, you know, I was a multi-sport athlete. And me and my dad, I love playing baseball with my dad in the driveway or on the sidewalk, just throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There was nothing better to me than just throwing the ball with your dad, right? And so the Green Biscuit is very similar. It's the same. What's like, a Green Biscuit? The, the Green Biscuit is basically... Uh, it's it's a puck, right? Mm-hmm. So it's got it's made out of two pieces. So you and I can pass on the cement or asphalt, yeah, yeah. and it's not going to flip up. Oh yeah, yeah okay, and, I got one of those. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I just didn't know the name of it. Yeah, and so um, you know, I I think that's like it's unbelievable. Yeah, you're what just you, playing pass. What you yeah. it's, so it's just like throwing the ball with your dad, but yeah. with my son, it was especially when he was younger, right? I'd be ripping him passes, right? <laughs> Getting him to understand, you know, how, how to, to squeeze his bottom hand, where yeah. to receive it on his yeah. on his stick, and then we play sauce games. I put a little stick in the middle. We just, you know, and it was kind of, hey, Ryland, whatever I do, I want you to do, right? And we were having fun, and he was having fun with it, but yet we're working on soft skills. Yes. Yeah. I like how you say soft skills, right? Because the touch of the puck uh, is important. 
Um, I do want to get your your thoughts as a defenseman on, on last night's game. You know, people get um, some people think you can never talk about a bad play. You can talk about a bad play as long as, and you talk about the good plays. Evan Bouchard had you know quite the night last night. The uh, uh, the second LA goal clearly is a read that you don't want your defenseman to make. No, <laughs> you know he says it afterwards like, yeah, I thought I could make it. Clearly, I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I like what he also said. He goes, bleep happens. And then he let it go. And like, he, it didn't phase him, which is what you don't want. Then he, he assisted on, on a nice play that was not a, uh, a, a set play. It's not one they've been practicing. It's literally, here's guys, they realize that, um, LA kept trying to take away Connor on the flank. So their top guy was cheating out to the side. Yeah, yeah. So then Leon's like, okay, I'll come to the middle. And Bouchard reads it. Boom, slap yeah. pass, redirection, tie game. Right. And that, like, honestly, I think that might be the first time this year. I've seen the orders with the slap pass on the power play to the guy in the high slot. Mm-hmm. Right? Like anybody out there, can you think of another one? I, I can't. Like we see Drysaddle one timer on the side, Nugent Hopkins snapshot, Bouchard a, a, a rifle from the point, or Hyman around the net. Right? Or McDavid coming in. He's not. I haven't seen many uh, uh, that type of plays from them. So, and then Bouchard scores a goal that there's maybe five defensemen and that might be pushing it. Who can score that goal that Bouchard scored? Because when you're constantly brownie hitting the top corner from the blue line, it's not a fluke shot. You can you can do it once, yeah, yeah. right, and just oh, fluttering great. How many goals has Bouchard scored that are hard slap shots, top shelf? I think it's four this year, if yeah. my memory's correct. Right, and he's hit eight crossbar and post this year, eight, which is pretty high. But you know, it was quite the the night for for the uh, for the demon. What like what did you make of the read by Bouchard? Were you chuckling? What did you make when you watched that? Yeah, I mean, well, if you talk about his shot, I mean, he's a pro. The guy's been shooting pucks forever, yeah. right? So he knows exactly where it's going. And if you look at when he shoots it, more often than not, his eyes are up. So, you know, none of that and what these guys do on the ice is lucky. They're professionals. Um, yeah, I mean, he makes some reads that, you know, are questionable. He's still relatively young. Um, but what I think is best about him is his demeanor. And, you know, yeah, he does make a mistake just like everyone else, but he does so much else. You know, like you said, I mean, he got a goal, he got assist, he makes plays out of nothing. I mean, those guys and that type of defenseman is really hard to find. And I think that's important. That's an important skill for any young defenseman or any young athlete is to understand that because I think we have a tendency, you know, I and I did as a player to hold on to some of the negativity, the things that you do wrong, because you have, you know, the idea of this perfect game that you want to play. And you and so when you hold on to some of those negative things, obviously, you know, it, it's not a good thing. You think or I thought it was helping me, but it actually was hurting me. Right. And so I think Bouchard has the ability and to me, the demeanor that when things are going good or bad, he seems pretty level to me. Right. And I think that that is a skill um, that, you know, as a young defenseman, that's invaluable. So, yeah, does he you know, does he make some reads that that at times you're kind of like, oh, boy. But I, I definitely think the good outweighs the bad. I think you can teach defense. He he needs work at it. Um, he will always need work at that. But you cannot teach offense. Right. Um, <laughs> well, you, I, I think you can. You can help nurture it 100%. But I think the problem was for years, Brownie, in hockey circles, they, they, it was a lame excuse crutch. You can't teach offense, so all we're going to do is coach defense. And, hey, okay, guys, well, when you cross center, yeah, make your own plays. Yeah. But it starts in minor hockey. I just yeah. think you can definitely teach it. But I think everyone likes it takes sk- more time. Everyone likes skill, and yes. everyone wants skill until skill costs you. 
And then it's like, hey, don't do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is you gotta, he's gotta have a little bit of rope, um, and trust. And he's put up some numbers and shown the ability, um, that a lot, not a lot of guys have in the league to do it. Yeah. And so sometimes you have to live and die a little bit with that. But I mean, I think we'd all agree. I think he's come a long way from where he was to where he is now. Does he have a ways to go? Absolutely. But that's, that's going to be forever evolving in his game, his strength. And probably I think because of his offensive ability and his mindset and sometimes the way he thinks, I mean, those guys naturally take chances yeah. and probably cheat more bit. than maybe someone else. Mm-hmm. Right. But I mean, that's why you also have them with a steady defenseman like Ekholm where you know, if there is a little bit of a breakdown, you got a veteran guy back there that can make multiple reads and feel comfortable in that situation and hopefully defuse it. Jason Greger, Sean Brown to you. 833-401-1440. Uh, orders a big win last night against the uh, Los Angeles Kings and uh, a huge blow for the Kings. If you didn't see it late in the game, uh, CeCe and Kempe got tied up. Um, you know, nothing vindictive or malicious at all, but uh, Kempe uh, got injured. Uh, he's flown back to L.A. He's going to have an MRI. Uh, just watching the play, it did not look good. Uh, you know, I, I think that's at least a month would be my non-medical profession guess, minimum. And I could easily see it being much more. That's a, that's a pretty big blow for the Los Angeles Kings. It happened at about 90 seconds left in the game last night. Quick break. Uh, we'll return. Jason Greger, Sean Brown, Connor Halley with you on Sports 1440, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 325 on Sports 1440 Orders Nation YouTube and Facebook. Jason Greger, Sean Brown with you. It's time to go uh, in the room. Brought to you by Next Gen Transportation, heavy haul transport provider, 100% locally owned and operated and a huge supporter, of course, uh, the youth kids. They support a lot of teams there and aspiring Olympian uh, Devo McEwen on tour right now for Bobsleigh. Looking to qualify for the upcoming, well, it's not right now. Just getting used to it because, of course, the qualifications will be next year. But it's the, the start of the Olympic dream is now, courtesy of Next Gen Transportation. Uh, our guest today, uh, former NHLer, Brant Myers, joins us. Brant, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Hey, Gregor, I'm good. I've got my daughter's Chloe's Sweet 16 today, so we're heading out to West Edmonton Mall. Should be fun. Oh, geez. What is uh, Sweet 16? Are you a big shopper, Brent? How's that work? Are you just handing the card no. and sitting down? <laughs> I'm giving her the card with cash. She's going with a friend, so they're going to go hang out and do some shopping and then uh, a little birthday cake, a little sushi later. So, Oh, sushi. Look at you all. Are you big? Now, I guess, did you learn your sushi from being in L.A. or what? <laughs> no, I I actually learned it from when I was in my yeah my first rehab when I was in LA actually yeah <laughs> I went for some sushi so <laughs> it, go, it dates a little little ways back yeah yeah well hey man sushi in LA I've I've only had it once but it was amazing so uh, I can see <laughs> I, I know you were there so that uh, that makes a lot of sense now did you did you and Brownie did you guys ever play together or only against each other. It, well, we played we played one game together when I was with the Bruins, and um, I'll, I'll never forget when we were on the flight, we hit some turbulence, and the next thing you know, his head was in my lap. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I like this guy. And, uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty obvious. Yeah, I played one game and, uh, you know, got booted out of the game, and then that was it. Well, I actually looked up that game 
You had 31 penalty minutes. Uh, so, Sean Brown, what was your, like, this is your new teammate, and you're just like, okay, this guy's a gamer, I guess. Well, I knew I knew him a little bit earlier or sooner than that, obviously doing a little, we used to train a little bit with the old uh, Daryl Duke at, uh, at Panther Gym. So, okay. So I knew him before getting in there. And Did you guys spar together? No, we didn't think I wouldn't be sitting here right now if I sparred <laughs> against that guy. Um, I mean, for as nice as Mizey is, uh, he was a complete animal on the ice. And that's one of the nice things about Mizey and a lot of these guys is their personality off the ice doesn't match the personality on the ice. Very similar to uh, to a Marty McSorley. Um, but you know what? When uh, I... I I went to Boston's camp with him. Uh, Mizey, you obviously remember going to uh, Edmonton's camp. And this was yeah. back in the day when when they brought in like three or four heavyweights, you know, to camp. Yeah. And camp wasn't a whole lot of fun. And, um, you know, yeah. uh, I made for sure um, that I was on Mizey's side. And, uh, <laughs> and he knew how much I liked him because he was one guy that I definitely did not want to be dealing with. Um, <laughs> But uh, Mizey, you have obviously watched um, Matthew Rempe come into the league here, and you know it's with quite a bang. He's been in a couple amazing tilts, uh, doing very well for himself. I just wanted to get your thoughts, you know, on yeah. him. Obviously, you know, with his last f- uh, fight there in Columbus was was a doozy. It looked like he kind of got banged up a little bit. Um, yeah, you know, he's got. You know, he's got uh, a rematch with Columbus, and then their next game yeah. is with uh, Toronto. You know, what are mm-hmm. your thoughts? What are your thoughts on on him and where he's at, and you know mm-hmm. how he's gonna, you know, how he would be expected, or how you know to handle the next, you know, couple games or the next situation he's gonna be in. Well, I don't know if you've seen his face, but um, it's pretty bad. I don't think he's gonna be playing next game. It, that's tomorrow against Columbus, right? Yeah. So. Um, you know, Brownie, I, I think it's a it's a double-edged sword, that role, right? Like, on one hand, I know if it's me and I'm in the mid-90s and I lose a, I lose a fight like that and we, we're playing him the next night and I'm in the lineup, I'm going right after him again. Because if not, I'm getting sent down. Mm-hmm. The game's changed. The game's changed, though. We're talking about 2024, right? Not, not 1997. So a lot of things have changed. Um, Health-wise, you know, he got rocked good. I think that probably... I, I didn't see any transactions if he's if he's been put on the uh, injured reserve list or not. But if you're a concussion spotter in the stands and you you see him with his knees buckle and 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 all wobbly going off, I don't know how they can dress him tomorrow. I I wouldn't be surprised actually because it did look like he was you know yeah. um, a little woozy. That I would look and hope to think that maybe the coaching staff management come in there and maybe protect them a little bit. Well, well that was the thing I wanted oh. to ask you guys. Like is is the, you're right Brant, the game is definitely different today. Um there are you know there's cuz really I would say at most there might be 10 guys in the league right now that would be like true heavyweights who would fight each other. You'd look and say okay, yeah. there's guys that would want to do it, right? And so he's that's that's not generous. Yeah, and that might be generous. And so and generous. And so yeah. it's kind of a, a unique schedule that he just happens to be facing a few of those guys <laughs> right. right away, but I wonder yeah. like and this would be a hard one. Did you were you ever at a time where they said, "Hey, now I know it's different cuz fighting was up." But where someone would say, "Hey, yeah. you know what? I don't I don't need you to fight tonight. Like I'd prefer if you didn't. I can't tell you. Well, I guess technically they could tell you not to, but like do yeah. you think the organization might say, "Hey, man, like you've got a goal and an assist as well." I think people forget that. He's got two points in five yeah. games. Like, you know, he's had some big hits. He doesn't need to just fight. 
that's actually a really good point. You know what? There was a there was a time I, that I've never forgotten. It was in San Jose, and I remember um, we were playing Los Angeles, and I think I fought like two two or three times in the in the last four games. My hands weren't doing that well, but Daryl put me in the lineup, and Matty Johnson was playing for the Kings at the time. And he didn't dress the three previous games, but when they saw that I was in the lineup, they dressed him. And Daryl pulled me aside after warm-ups, and he said, unless this guy tries to take somebody's head off, he said, I don't want you going anywhere near him. He said, you're not dropping your gloves tonight. And it was literally one of the first times in my career that I, that I truly felt like a coach cared about me. You know, he knew I was banged up. He knew my hand wasn't well. And, and, you know, I basically, yeah, I played maybe only two or three or four shifts that night. But um, it was just nice knowing that, that a coach had your back for once. Mizey, <clears throat> when you think back to your career and you think of some of the heavyweights, because you were definitely one of them, what was something that separated, you know, the heavyweights from some of the other guys? Yeah, I, I honestly, I think it was it's punching power. So... When I, when I was playing in the minors, um, you know, obviously junior, your kids, but let's just even go pro from the IHL, the American League, up to the NHL. You know, you go, you go from American League guys to Tony Twist, you know, like Bob Probert, Donald Brashear, George LaRock, Derek Bugard. I mean, go down the list with these guys that could hurt you. And um, the, the one thing nowadays is, like, if you saw that Remke fight, and the Oliver fight, the difference was is that Oliver was throwing quite harder with with little more precision. And Remke's six foot seven or whatever he is, six foot eight, and he's he's got long, lanky, skinny arms. And he if, if he puts a little weight on and he throws from his waist, um, I think it would definitely help him out a little more. Well, and part of that though, Brent, um, he's twenty one. Right, like you know, yeah. the man strength is is a legit thing. I think both of you and Brandon could probably talk about it. Right, like you know, you 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 knew how to fight maybe as well as twenty one, but you couldn't. You just weren't as strong as you were when you're twenty five and twenty six. And there's no really way to to speed that up for the vast majority of humans. Oh, well, but that being said, Gregor, when I was nineteen, we played St. Louis, and I didn't really know who Tony Twist was. <laughs> and he said, "Hey," and he said, "Hey, kid, you." Hey kid, you ready? And I said, Yeah, absolutely. Not really knowing who the guy was. <laughs> How was and the next thing you know, the, the, the next thing you know, like he hit me so hard in the jaw that when I went out to eat after, I didn't, you know, I, I think I actually broke it. And back then, they never checked your face. <laughs> but I, I could, I couldn't eat for a couple weeks. Yeah. Well, um, but but it's but it's but, but but gregor like he's he's in a situation where you said it perfectly or brownie the schedule has lined up to a point where it was delorier oliver you know maybe oliver tomorrow and then reeves on saturday and that it, that's just a weird schedule for for uh, a tough guy these days yeah it's funny, Mizey. I, I just was just thinking here. I remember playing against you in Philly, and so you had yourself, Danny Lacroix, and uh, Dan Cordick. And yeah. so you guys were obviously yeah. coming in town, and, and the whole talk was about Larock and Cordick fighting. So I'm on the ice with uh, 
all of us were on the ice together. It was like, oh boy, hold on, this could be this could be interesting. And so they get in a little bit of a scrum, and I was new to the league, and I didn't know everyone and exactly your situation with a twist. And you know, you remember back in the day, you'd always sit in the dressing room, and the veterans and different guys before you went out there would help each other, right? With being like, hey, yeah. you know, this guy does this, and this guy be aware of this, so on and so on. But no one said anything, and so we're in a scrum, and I usually don't say a word. I don't like to talk. You can usually look at someone's <laughs> eyes and you know whether they mean business or not. And so I don't know what I was thinking that night, but we get in a scrum and Danny LaCroix grabs me and yep. and we look at each other and I'm like, who the heck are you? And he looked yep. at me and was like, who the heck am I? And he had been in the league longer, right? And so the linesmen come in and we kept an eye on each other and they spread us apart and then we came back together and we went at it, yep. and no one told me he was a lefty. And that guy, like, beat me with a, within an inch of my life. And he was hitting me so many times that he just finally gave up. And I had blood on me, and I just remember being like, where did that come from? I look, I get up, linesman's taking me off. I look at Danny LaCroix. He's in the box. He turns around in the box, and he puts he points back, and he's like, Danny LaCroix. <laughs> and that happened in the first it happened in the first period. Who were you playing for? I was playing with Edmonton. Oh. So I go, so Why? Kenny Kenny Lowe yeah. grabs me. I got blood all over my jersey and I'm thinking, oh my nose is killing me. I'm done for the night. He's like, give me that jersey. He puts some spray on it, puts it in the wash, takes out the blood, and he's like, there you go, get back out there. And I'm like, you've got to no be kidding way. me. I served my five minutes. I came by your bench. Every time I came by your bench, you and all the guys were like, you touch another guy tonight, you're going to get killed. That was the longest two periods of my life. Do you, but the I, funny, now, I, re, I remember that game. Yeah, I fought the rock in the first period, and then, uh, and then uh, we had a little scrum, and and yeah, you fought you fought Lacroix, and then Accordic and Laroc actually dropped their gloves to fight, but the the linesman got in. It was a wild night. Oh yeah, they uh, and, and you know well, is this we, the same Dan Lacroix was that he was your teammate? So we wind up trading. Yeah, we wind up trading for him like a week or two after, <laughs> and he was a great yeah. guy. And we because I was young, I was in the hotel. He was yeah. in the hotel. We wind up spending a lot of time <laughs> together, you know, and just yeah. like you know, so great yeah. Guy. I mean, we got to give a lot of credit to uh, a local guy too, Dan Cordick, who I know I see him around, and he was a teammate of yours. And there's, yeah. you know, there's guys out on the ice that are scary, and then there's also guys that are scary but look scary, right? And well, Dan well, Cordick is that guy. It, if you think about guys that looked scary, so you got to remember, we wore the donkey ears, <laughs> right? But like, explain had, the donkey had, ears though, because there's two people you, I stay away from. Right, the hockey player with the donkey ears, the leather straps, and the guy in the yeah. bar that has cauliflower ears. Stay away from yeah, those yeah, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. Or if you uh, you're like Dave Brown, where he'd like tie they tie his jersey like skin tight with Vaseline and stuff. Like it's changed so much, but um, the game's great where it's at. It's fast. It's fun to watch, and um, hopefully this this Remke kid can. Um, you know, just keep his wits about him, and maybe, like you said, somebody from the organization go up to him and say, "Hey, big boy, take a break. Like you, you don't have to be going every night here." So, what would you do, being a former player, been through that role? I'm sure you had a ton of sleepless afternoons. To me, yeah. the ultimate guy that kind of who did an exceptional job at understanding the game, when to fight, when not to fight, and had a brilliant career was uh, Sean Thornton. Um, yeah. You know, and yeah. so if it was me. 
I would be having yeah. those conversations, right? Because he's clearly not scared to fight and take on anyone, right? But what's going to keep him out of the league is his ability to actually play. And so I would talk to him about making sure that you're adding value to your game, value to yourself and the, to the team, right? And maybe try and get him to understand when to pick fights, you know, and, you know, because let's be honest here. He's probably, what, out of the out of the three fights, he's they've been all pretty much staged, right? Yeah. Where well, I'd be like, well, get away from that a little bit. Well, well, but that needs to come from the coach, Brownie. Like, it can't come from, it can't come from um, Truba. It can't come from Zabinajad. It can't come from the players. It's got to come from the coach or the GM because then he gets a green pass, right? Like, it, like if the players go, you, you know, you don't have to fight tonight. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. I'm trying to earn a contract here, earn yeah. it, like keep my spot. But if it's Drury, or not Drury, but it's, if it's the coach, if it's Laviolette, he, he's got to pull him aside and say, you know what, man, just, just go up and down the, your, the wing tonight, go hard to the net, crash and bang. Yeah. And, you know, if somebody takes liberties, yes, get in there, but, but you don't need to be squaring off first shift. Well, that's exactly it, right? If your game attracts it and they're reacting to you, that's one thing to fight, right? But then yeah, the fight's it, off the yeah. draw. That's where you want to kind of get away from that. If he's running around and you have to react because he's doing something, I mean, that's okay. But ultimately, if I was, you know, a player or a coach, I'd be like, you need to do this, this, and this. And yeah, you know yeah. as well as I do that sometimes by guys reacting to you and by you playing physical getting in front of that creating scrums being uh, hard to play against uh, if guy comes at you sometimes you got the momentum you don't have to fight like it's not even about no. fighting right you've got the crowd right. into it you've energized your teammates right and now you can be picky and choosy of when you want to actually fight yeah yeah, like if he doesn't want, if it doesn't want to look staged and he gets out there his first shift and they dump it in the corner go run somebody like go go in front of the net and you know if the puck gets uh, if they stop the play maybe just a little bit of a shot in the back of the pants or something. like you don't have to you don't have to like dangle your gloves right at, right at center ice every every time you're out there. So what would a young Brant Myers? Obviously you were I mean we were all good junior players by the end of it right you were all putting up points yeah. but what would a young Brant Myers if he were to do it again and come to the league having the skill set and the toughness that you have what would you, was there anything would you handle it any other way would you do anything different to your game? Um, I would have eliminated uh, whiskey and coke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no, and, and so, I, I, I know you say that facetiously, but yeah. it's very true, right? Like that—that that impacted Wait. your career in a lot of ways. Oh, oh my God! If I would have like did like a quarter of the training that these kids did nowadays, with like, you know, just if yeah, if I would have put the bottle down at seventeen and 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 not got into the cocaine at twenty. Um, and worked out at least a couple months a year, um, my career would have been way different. And that, that's, that's the truth. And I know, Brad, like you're sober now. You you went through a, you know addiction's a serious thing for a lot of people, and you know, and uh, you know, some, it doesn't always work on the first time for people. For, yeah. for for those that are maybe struggling with what you struggled when you were younger and went through it a few times, what, what advice do you have to people that are going through addiction right now and that can that can come out on the other side? Well, that was Gregor. Thanks for bringing that up because that's for me, like when I was writing about it in the book, I wanted to, to, to emphasize that if it wasn't for a, a few people still believing in, in me uh, after the fourth rehab and extending their hand for the fifth rehab, I don't think I'd be driving my daughter to the mall and celebrating her 16th birthday. I could almost guarantee I wouldn't be doing that, 
right? So never give up on somebody. It's going to be frustrating. You're going to, you know, you're going to want to cry and scream and shout and all that. But, but, but just try and have some patience if you can and never give up. Well, Brian, that's great advice, man. Uh, we really appreciate it. It's, uh, it's always good to hear from you. Uh, we'll have to have you on again. Brownie's got one more for you. Mizey, I just want to okay. give you a quick shout out here for, you know, you obviously do a lot for a lot of people and not a lot of it gets noticed. But I know that we all have friends dealing with different situations and adversity and challenges. And I know you've, uh, you know, you've helped me. I've reached out to you several times about different people and helping them. And uh, yeah. I just wanted to thank you and appreciate. And I know... Um, the the people that you've helped that I've sent to you um, are very appreciative of it. Yeah, no, th- thanks, Brownie, and that's just sort of what I, you know, what I like to do now. And and uh, like I said, people had their hand out for me, so I'll always be always be uh, available for that for somebody else. Brant, always good to catch up with you. Uh, enjoy the Sweet Sixteen shopping spree tonight. <laughs> All right, buddy. <laughs> there you go. That is uh, Brant Myers, a man. What I always, you know, what I'm, I'm always respectful of those who, uh, you know, pull themselves out of an awful situation. Like, like and Brant's been very open. We, I had him on the sh- uh, back when he was on another station uh, in studio for an hour to, when he talked about his book and just like he was very open, man, about like the partying that he did and the excessive partying that he did. And, and, and even now, like he can talk openly about it. Like, yeah, though, what's the one thing I would change? Yeah, I wouldn't drink and I wouldn't do coke and I would train, right? Like, and I know people are like, well, yeah, you shouldn't have done it, but that's not how addiction works, right? Like, when you're in the, it's it's easy when you're kind of take a step away from it, and now he's he's kicked the habit, right, or beat the habit, whatever term you want to use. And I um, mean, you know, you, you're in it at the moment, and it, it seems fun at the time, but it's uh, it's definitely one that uh, can uh, can derail you. And the fact that he was able to still play in the NHL. Right. Despite that severe addiction, like he I, I think people like, yeah, he was tough and, 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 and he was like he was aggressive, tough. Right. There's no Ooh, like boy, he he, was he could flip yeah. a squidge in, in yeah. a heartbeat and he yeah. didn't mind that game. Yeah. But actually he could play like he could skate and he had good hands. Oh. And had he been able to work on that. Right. And not just do the fighting. I think you're going to be a better player, no question. That's why I like asking those guys that question is because as we're done our careers and you look back and you think, wow, you know what? Probably some of the situations that we got ourselves into probably could have been avoided. Um, and like I said, I mean, for me, someone that did it better than anyone was Sean Thornton, right? Yeah. He was very calculated on when he did it, the timing of it. Um and yeah, I mean, my Z, my Z's a, he, he's a super guy and, you know, it's nice to see him do well. I mean, I can't, none of us can understand exactly what he went through. It, it's a hard, it's a very hard league to play in. It makes it that much harder when you're doing some of the things that he's doing. I couldn't imagine some of the pressure. I mean, I know what it's like to have that type of pressure, to, to have that anxiety and how to cope. And, you know, I developed my own skills at being able to handle it, um, you know, and I was lucky enough not to go down that path, but yeah. it, it's not easy. No. It's not easy no. going into a game knowing that you're going to get into a confrontation and a battle. Everyone's got that, you know, that uh, funny feeling in the pit of your stomach, and we all handle it a little different, yeah. right? And, and I think for, and well, the truth is, I think the reason why so many fans always gravitated toward the tough guy. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Guys, it's because 98% of fans would never be able to do the job or even willing to do the job. First of all, you got to be tough. First of all, you got to be able to take a punch. And then you got to know, okay, this is my job. And some people are like, you know what? I'll go, I'll go dig ditches. I'll go do whatever else. I don't want to do this. Right. Like, and a, sure you have to have skill because a lot of tough guys were skilled players too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's certain. Like there was a stage maybe in the nineties where guys who just fought for four minutes and that was kind of terrible. Yeah. But, um, for, for a long stretch, there's guys that, and, and there's the odd guy who likes it. You've talked about it. He had a few teammates who are like, yeah, oh. man, I kind of like doing it. Colton or Strauss has talked about him, but, um, I, I do think it's, it's a job that most fans really respect because if they looked in the mirror, they're like, I couldn't do that. Most people are like, hey, could I, could I block a shot? Okay, sure. I might not like, but I could block a shot, right? Could, <laughs> could I play defense? Could I think I was a, a checker, whatever? Yeah. But most people can't, if they're being honest with themselves, say, I could do that job. Uh, people are always, you know, even to this day, you know, or even when I was playing and my brother, um, was always like, well, what, what did you say? What did you guys talk about? Like, how did that? And then you tell him how casually <laughs> things happen. Are we going to go? And, okay. And uh, he, he's just oh, like, yeah, not, really? Yeah. Like, I'm like, yeah. yeah. You weren't always, rarely were you mad, right? Never. Like you have to have a, you got to find a switch, yeah. right? That you're going to be and it. Just, you know, you, you can't be mad. I mean, I remember being on the bench. At times where, you know, when I was young and wasn't playing a whole lot, didn't happen in the NHL, more in the American Hockey League, where you'd be sitting there and, and the coach would be like, hey, number 15's running around. Someone better have an answer for him. Next thing you know, I'm a defenseman on the left side. I'm not up there to get a, you know what I mean? Yeah, and like, yeah. you know, you go from sitting there and, you know, I always found mentally you got to stay focused, you know, for the whole 60 minutes, especially yeah. in the American Hockey League. Man, there was nothing where if you got up or down four goals, it was like guys are licking their lips. Like I can't, you know, the amount of times that I go on the ice and see Brant Myers for warm up, we haven't even touched the ice and he touches the ice and he's already glistening with Vaseline (laughs) and he's got the donkey ears on. Right. Uh, For sure. I am making friends with that guy. (laughs) You know, Uh, take a quick break. We'll come back. Gregor Brown, uh, Hallie with you on sports 1440 orders nation, YouTube and Facebook. 355 Sports 1440. A lot of text flying in 833-401-1440. You can always email us, Gregor, at sports1440.ca as well in our uh, e-well inbox. Uh, Gregor, I think you said it perfectly well. 
I've always had a respect for the fighters because I knew when push comes to shove, I would hate to do that job. Plus, I'd probably suck at it from uh, Daniel. Well, I, I think the latter part is probably fair for most people, <laughs> if, if we're being honest, right? There's uh, there's a select few who uh, who are a good at it, and then b like to do it. Uh, it's not uh, it's not for everyone, uh, no doubt about that. So uh, we'll see where it goes. Um, hey guys, uh, what's your thoughts on the Oilers? cohesiveness as a group. Uh, I've seen them yelling at each other at times on the ice lately. Does that bother you from uh, Mike? Well, I'll let Brownie answer. Here's I'm going to give my opinion on it. Um, I think there's nothing wrong at times with teams having guys who, who stand up to one another. Um, now, I don't think you want to go the Buffalo Sabres route where, you know, they used to have boxing lessons in the back room with Rob Ray and Matthew Barnaby, although they seem to like it. Um, but, you know, I, I remember the, I think it was Paul Coffey telling the story, like Esatikinen could get on guys' nerves, even as a teammate, right? Like he would, just, he could grade on you. And so at times, you know, there was a little bit of animosity in the room. On game day, though, they loved him because he would irritate the hell out of the other team. So I, I think, and Brownie, you can attest to, like, where do you come out? Like, if everybody gets along 100%, sometimes I wonder if there's ever anybody challenging guys internally to say, hey, you got to be better. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think you had, you nail it there a bit, Gregor. I think that there's a delicate line. I mean, the game is played with emotion, and those guys are at such a level that none of us can really understand. But, um, you know, do they at times, can you see the, uh, you know, the emotion on their face? Yeah, but what we're not seeing um, is what those guys are like in the dressing room, what those guys are like on the road, and how they treat their actual teammates, right? Um, you know, and... To me, without knowing them, but what I think they're about is is exactly with a lot of the stars that I played with is their their ability to bring everyone together on the road and the way they treat everyone. And nobody would ever know the amount of meals that they pick up, you know, whether I don't know if they're going to concerts or team bonding, team events. Like I guarantee you that those star players do more than anyone on their team to make sure off the ice that they're a tight group. Okay. Right. And so when they have that type of leadership and that, uh, and they're that type of guy, when they show a little bit of emotion, that negativity that maybe we see, you know, and we question, you know, as a teammate, you're overlooking that, right? Because you actually know them, you know what they're like, you know, and we don't know what they're like. When does it become have a you distraction? Ever be, yeah, have you ever been yeah. on a team where you had a guy that it was just like, okay, this is becoming too much? You know what? Huh. I haven't been on a team, but you know, I tell kids all the you time. You must have heard about guys though, like, and we, we've yeah. seen it teams where they move on from players. Yeah, I mean, you gotta have sometimes you gotta have those uncomfortable conversations, right? Because yeah. I'm not perfect, you're not perfect, and those guys get caught up in the moment. And sometimes everyone needs to be called out on their game and their attitude and their behavior. That's all part of it. And that's all part about that's bringing your team and galvanizing, making it stronger. And that's what makes hockey unique. And that's what makes winning championships so special. And when you're hoisting up the cup, all the diversity and the different relate and the, we talk about the hockey relationships that last a lifetime is because of all that. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I tell kids all the time that because, you know, from a young age, of course, you know, we just talked about your son and my son and working with young kids. I mean, they 
at times have those moments because they're kids and they're not perfect. And I bring them in often. And I played with a lot of Hall of Fame players. I played with a lot of great players, right? And and I can honestly say not not one of them made me feel any less important than the next guy. Yeah. Right? And I'm sure Niedermeyer and Brodeur and Doug Way, you know, Joe Thornton, the list could go long. Uh, it could be long as far as guys looking at me being like, Will you just make a pass? <laughs> Will you just ma- give me the puck where I don't have to put the puzzle together? Uh, okay. Well, well I, I do think that's important for sure. As leaders of the team, you make it whatever your role is. If you feel and, and in life, think about it. When your partner, I don't know, your co, if somebody makes you feel wanted and needed, you're naturally going to enjoy it more. You're naturally willing to do more in return. That's yeah. just how it is, right? So if you had to do the the, the tough job, and by yeah. the way, I looked it up, 79 NHL fights. Um, uh, uh, they were the, the young bucks were asking Brownie <laughs> how many tilts he had. He said 30. I was like, I think that's a little low. And uh, 79. So there you go. But um, the guys are like, hey, he's doing a tough job. And it's easier to do your job when you felt respected by your teammates. Oh, yeah, it, it, it goes a long way for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that's what it's all about. I mean, at the end of the day, that relationship between the player, between the coach, because, you know, the coach and I guess even more importantly, that player is going to need, you know, you know, is, you're all going to need each other at some point during the season. Right. And everyone's valuable in their own way. Um, you know, I, I, let's be honest that McDavid or uh, I would say probably dry side a little bit more McDavid, you know, his body language at times can be a little bit more negative, but these guys, like I said, I mean, I, I can only, I can only imagine the way they are off the ice just by the little bit that I'm around and the way that they act and the way they treat each other and their interaction, I'm sure that those guys, you know, when they show a little bit of that emotion, they're such good guys away from and, and away from the rink and on the road and doing things, you know, that allow them to be the leaders and show the emotion where it doesn't become so personal. But I, I totally agree. I mean, if I'm playing with a guy and, you know, if I if if I go out if, if for some reason I do get upset or if I feel like my teammates are thinking a certain way of me, I know that I'm going out of my way, you know, to make sure that he understands why I did it, whether it was right or wrong. If I have to apologize and make sure that it's right, because I know that at the end of the day, and you know, another month from now when they're going into the playoffs, they're all going to need each other. Yeah. Uh, Jason Greger, Sean Brown with you on Sports 1440. Take a quick break. we got uh, Struz joining us in the uh, 4 o'clock hour. Got a lot of texts. Uh, we're going to talk Connor McDavid. Did you know? Connor McDavid joins another very elite group. He is one of five players all time to do this. Do you know what it is? I'll tell you. And it's pretty damn hard. Tell you what it is next on The Gregor Show, Sports 1440, Orders Nation, YouTube, and Facebook. But first, the con man. Sports 1440 update brought to you by Fountain Tire. Where uh, stop in now at Fountain Tire. You can get uh, any sort of mechanical work done. And as well, hey, with all the snow, some of you probably need better tires. Get it now at FountainTire.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm-hmm. 